Hello and welcome to this special episode of Vodka Clock Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Love. What you're going to hear is an interview I did with a dear friend back in 2016. And this was something that um, was for me and, and my use doing research for a book. So I didn't expect to release it as a a podcast episode. It was going to be perhaps heard only by the people of my Patreon. And uh, I just heard this morning that Eric died last week. So I know it's not recent, um, a lot of the information, who knows, uh, I'm, I, I don't even remember at this point what we talked about, other than what made it into my manuscript, but it can be really helpful, I think, to hear these voices of, of people who have such incredible amounts of information to share. So I thought it would be a good idea to share this talk that I had with Eric Lee from Mystical Times in New Hope, Pennsylvania. Thank you for listening. Okay, so what is the totally valid reason that white people should not wear dreadlocks? Okay, as a hairdresser for almost 30 years. Right. Caucasian hair is cylindrical. Non-Caucasian hair is elliptical. Asian hair is cylindrical, okay? So, for it to be a cylinder, it's like you have the, the cortex layer of the hair, which, under a microscope, looks like a fucking umbrella. Okay. okay? So you have millions of umbrellas stuffed into each other, okay? So it's very tight, cylindrical, okay? A non-Caucasian hair, Mediterranean, African, descent with curly hair is elliptical so these ellipses cause a spiral in the makeup of the hair so it sheds water cylindrical hair doesn't so big fat dreadlocks in Caucasian hair will manifest mold on the inside because it never gets dry I've, I've seen disgusting dreads cut off Oh, and yeah. like taken apart and they're, they're nasty yeah but traditionally afro afro mediterranean arab dreadlocks wick the water away so there's nothing in them it dries yeah. it it dries up it takes a longer time the finer the dread the better the dread the thicker the dread the worse it is but in non-caucasian hair it wicks the water away so there's no mold well, there we go. Science. Yeah, it's basic science. <laughs> and I tell that to every person that has these big, fat, nasty ones. I comb them out. It's taken me six, six hours to comb out that box. I believe it. And it looks like wire when it's done, but all that's on the floor and on the person that undoing it's them... It's disgusting. ...is skin, mold, just dreck. It just reminds me of when women used to use lard to up oh, their yeah. dues and mice would live in them. Oh, yeah. It's gross. It's just so foul. Oh, yeah. It's gross. There's hair lesson 101. Yay! I like braids. I myself love braids, but... Oh, yeah, because you undo them and you... Because, yeah. You put lock back in them. 
It's know. like, and when they're undone, then they're nice and wavy, and it's like prettier waves than my real waves. And <laughs> so yeah, and it just, and I always like my hair back out of my face. Right. So I'm a fan of braids, but you know, everybody from Vikings to Native Americans wore different braids. So yeah. I don't, you know, I understand that there's like specifically African braids, but oh yeah. It's just culture. It is. It is. And there's a, I'm sure a line drawn somewhere as to know you look like a fool versus, okay, that looks nice. Yeah. <laughs> there was this woman that came in here, I tell you the truth, and she was absolutely stunning. Her hair was pulled back, everything like that. She's walking in, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, she's full on vintage. She's got classic Chanel on, Ooh. you know, old stuff. Yeah. Really looks great, very well put together. She walks past me and there's a beaver tail. Like down by her butt. It was a break it was a dreadlock that was this wide and flat. It was the most disgusting thing I ever saw. <laughs> I'm like, ugh. It's a beaver tail. That's what it looked like. It flapped around the ass every step thinking? she took. Like, what are you thinking? Just gonna cut it off. Can I get big scissors? Yeah. Just cut it right off. Don't you want to do that? You want to chase me? Oh yeah. It's awful. Anything. Well, you have somebody looking around. You can interrupt us oh, at any okay. time. Um, so anyway, uh, as you said, you've been styling hair for 30 years. But now how long have you had this shop? I'm 22 this year. Okay. Because I know I've been coming here since I think it was right before you bought it. Because When Phyllis had it. Yeah. yeah. Because it was rearranged differently. Right. That was what I remember Ed always referred to as Fat Ed days. Because mm. <laughs> I didn't believe that it was the same person the next time I came back. Right. I was like, no, that's not you. He's like, yeah, that was me. Yeah, that's like you. <coughs> so, okay. Yeah, it's 22 years this year. And it was, um, it was a pagan-ish store, but it had some different kinds of... Oh, there was, of, like, movie memorabilia, was, and depends on what season was going on. Yeah, it was different it's, and weird. Yeah, we used to do, um, 25% was pagan. Yeah. Specific. The other stuff was Hollywood, memorabilia, movie stuff, and, um, whatever collections were the focus of that season. You know, like, we used to go to the Javits, and, like, there was this one all super year. It was great for endangered species. So we had everything to do with endangered species in here. You know, that kind of thing. But that stuff went by the wayside when we took over. Because we right. saw a need to supply the pagan community more so in a more specific genre. That's why we don't necessarily do American Indian. That's right. why we don't do um, a lot of Celtic. That's why we don't do any crosses like Christianized crosses. You know, we stick to the, the Celtic cross and the solar cross and all those kind of things. Um, so with that, because it's ec eclectic now and you have specifically pagan uh, merchandise, you've got the jewelry and the herbs and the oils and the incense, um, it still has changed over the 22 years. Oh, yeah. And, like, now there's... You know, there used to be several cases of books, right. and now, like, you know, Amazon came along. Oh, yeah. So. Well, you still have to carry them. Like, you have mm -hmm. to carry the most popular stuff. 
okay. what's going on right now. So, I mean, you're down to like, you know, a couple of shelves versus like it was, an, you know, an entire well, wall of books. Well, before these came out, before right. we added these four bookcases that are back-to-back -back sticking out this way, right. it was just that section. Just that stuff. Yeah. And then we added the books. So if we did take away those two books, it would actually be the same amount of books. Okay. So we haven't deterred us buying from the market, but okay. new newbies need direction and they need need to have the standard stuff. Um, we do do um, more hardcore books. We don't do any Crowley, but we do hardcore books like Mathers and you know Regardi and those types of uh, people and Agrippa. Um, 7.37, please. Thank you very much. Eight, nine, and ten. You want a bag? No. Have a good one. Enjoy. So, um, but we do do those. Um, and, you know, Dion Fortune, the old tried and trues we always carry. Okay. And the astrologies. Because I'm an astrologer, so I like to have those books for yeah. Okay, so then <clears throat> um, when things like easier, more readily available software programs came along, like doing the star charts at home or right. just going to a website now and getting it done. And of course, you know, like I said, Amazon. Like how has that changed your business model? Well, it really hasn't. Okay. It's actually strengthened our principles okay. of doing things the old-fashioned way. Okay. You know, um, as you know, as, as someone that's been a shopper here for 20 years, yeah, right. 22 years that we've had it and before with Phyllis, um, we don't usually do kits. Yeah. You know, we, we may throw a few together for the holidays, but we don't usually do kits because everybody's individual attention is required for their purpose so you know we really try to get to the background story of why you want to do x y and z via magic and then we gear that advice to that specific situation okay. and build a spell or, or a ritual around that is that kit pre like pre-made kit stuff um, specifically for the tourist kind of shops, like places like Salem or New Orleans, or is it just a matter of, well, just shop to shop could be different? I've noticed more kits um, in New Orleans and Salem, as well as um, in the vicinity okay, of greater Philadelphia area okay. for pagan stores. And those that do those things are basically just throwing a candle in with a, a stick of incense and a right. crystal and saying, this is how you do it. Right. But, you know, when you're dealing with someone that, you know, may have been sexually assaulted and they're looking for love, you can't just do a generalized thing. Right. So you have to you do are, something specific. You're really focused then on who the customer is. Correct. And that's not something you can get from, you know, from just the website. No, you can't. <laughs> and a lot of the stuff, I would say safely 80% of the stuff that you find online is wrong. Okay. You know, they don't know, you know, 
planetary influences on plants. They don't know the astrological phase of what's going on right now through transits. You know, what's transiting Pennsylvania right now? You gotta look at things differently. You know, you gotta take into consider Mercury retrograde. So if you want something really direct, you have to be very, very specific. You can't be general at all. Or it's gonna backfire, you know. Um, as well as you probably know, things don't work out. Yeah, exactly. Through magic, exactly. if it's done wrong. Right. You know, it may take a little longer during a Mercury retrograde to get a reaction. What I've found, and I can't remember if it was one of your classes or if it was just us bullshitting, but something, it was definitely had to be relationship related. Um, it wasn't, oh, you did it wrong. It was, you didn't get the outcome you wanted. Right. That doesn't make it wrong. Correct. Which, yes, it's been 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I'm fucking it up. Um, well, it happens. Yeah. It yes. happens. Because, I mean, life is about lessons. Magic yeah. is about uncovering those lessons. Yes. And getting outcomes that we want. Maybe it didn't work because it wasn't supposed to. Right. Yeah. And, or you were supposed to be in that situation. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's really difficult. To learn and move on from it. Yeah. Because with astrology, you come in with a blueprint of what you need to know for your life. In a natal chart. Mm -hmm. So, in knowing that, you can then take it to the next level. You can go, okay, I fucked up on that one. Right. But, I know not to do it again. And it's that recognition of seeing yourself objectively to learn that lesson. You know, if, just case in point, I mean, every girl likes a bad boy. Sure. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. But every girl also wants to change them. Right. Okay, well, so there's why? your mistake number one. <laughs> yes. Why did you do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't change people. They have to change themselves. Yeah. You know. So all the magic in the world to get uh, drunk, verbally abusive, asshole, whether it be male or female, gay, straight, or you yeah. know, lesbian, is futile because it's not going to change. They have to change. So why are you wasting my time? Why are you wasting your money? And that's another thing. We don't sell things people don't need. I won't ever sell somebody something they don't need. Because I find it, uh, I find it kind of, it infringes on my integrity, the store's name. Um, and you know, not for nothing, it's a waste of money. If it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Yeah. This brings up actually what was going to be like uh, one of my later questions but it segues nicely the um there was a store in england that wouldn't sell to harry potter fans because they felt that they people were using wands as toys i saw that article yeah yeah so um i don't know if somebody's necessarily going to talk to you about why they're in looking for something maybe they do maybe they don't or if maybe they just say you know, hey, I just watched The Craft, now I need this thing, or, you know, I remember uh, during the Charmed years, there... That was a fun time. That, I mean, like... Can I change my eye color? Yeah. Can you... It's called contact lenses. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, how, how do you um, welcome or deter those customers? Do you say, okay, well... You know, why do you want this? Or do you just sell them because it's a sale and, you know, maybe they'll learn something from it by starting to buy things? Well, I will give you the example 
of a customer that was eight years old and bought their first deck of tarot cards. That person went home and did their mother's cards and saw that their mother's best friend was in a coffin. And when the mother said that, how do you see that, was her question. And the child explained how it was seen. And that person that was with the kid that was reading the cards actually burned those cards in the fireplace. Um, and from then on, that child has always been developing and growing spiritually for that specific gift. And, you know, with communicating about spirits and communicating uh, later in life about allowing spirits to talk through them and things of that nature, this kid grew up in a passion of magic, M-A-G-I-C, and M-A-G-I-C-K. Um, and today that person is me. Okay. So, if I were to tell a child, no, you can't have that because it's not a toy, and then follow it up with, it's a tool to direct your energy. It's a tool to allow spirit to come through you and direct that wand to do X, Y, and Z, create sacred space, to charge something. And that child says, ooh, I really want this. Then I'll sell it. If the child says, I want to be Harry Potter, I'm like, that's not going to happen. It right. takes a lot of years to learn what we do. It's not an overnight game. It's not a video that you can go to university and do that. You know? So that that is, in fact, you know, that sense of integrity that every option or every opportunity, not option, to communicate to a customer what something is about is educational. And that's what we try to do. So I don't really care about the influence of Hollywood on this industry. I mm -hmm. think it's kind of funny. Because yeah. I like everybody likes a good movie. Well, as you said, I, you know? I can see entertainment for what it is. Like, yeah. you can just sit there and eat your popcorn and Oh yeah, but and like enjoy when it. Practical Magic came out and Craft came out, everybody in Salem was in the uproar, how dare they, don't go see it, blah blah blah. It's a fucking movie. Right. And go then the they movies. put up statues. And then, I mean, you know, now there's a bewitched statue yeah. in the square or wherever nearby yeah. in, in, Just in Salem. So. Get a grip, you it's, know. Yeah. I would rather see Agnes Gravitt's statue. <laughs> Abna! I've turned into but. Agnes. Oh, my God. Those neighbors! What are they doing, Abna? You know. But, you know, every, every opportunity is an educational one. So use it to the best benefit to you and to the client. Most importantly, to the client. Okay, so when it comes to um, the internet and being a business today, you need to change your marketing. I mean, I didn't really know that marketing was a big thing here. Like, people just knew you were here. But Marketing I mean, is a funny thing. What have you done? Because we have never advertised. We do in the gay pride thing here in town. Right. You know, with a coupon and come show your pride. It says kiss your partner and you get a discount. Aw. Yeah. So, like, that kind of thing. 
But, like, as far as campaigning goes, no, I don't do it. Because our demographic is so vast. It goes from eight younger, eight and younger to 80 and older. You know, uh, Barbara Walker, the tarot woman, used yeah. to shop here before she moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, before she passed away. So, it's we don't have a demograph. So, to market this industry is probably one of the hardest things to do. I've had Fox come in, even though I can't stand the network. They wanted to sell us advertising. Comcast wanted to sell us advertising. You know, and they're like, oh, well, we'll put you on, you know, what's that woman's one? Where are they? Um, Lifetime? Yeah. They wanted to advertise us on Lifetime because they assumed that all of our customers were women. Right. I'm like, well, what about the men? <laughs> you know, we would be better off on sci-fi. <laughs> Right. You know, so, and they, they went back and forth, and I, I, every time anybody that wants to sell me advertising comes in, I ask them one question. What's our demographic? They can't answer it. Because it's that wide. There is no, there is no market. There's just people that want it, you know. So, what are, some of the things that I've seen, um... Is uh, like like Instagram mm-hmm. being used by uh, brands mainly, not so much individual stores, but but brands obviously pay for the advertising. But when it comes to individual craft makers, like folks who make wands or um, you know wrap crystal jewelry mm-hmm. and stuff like that, they're they seem to take like. These exquisite pictures, I can't imagine what kind of time they put in, if they're professional mm-hmm. photographers or if they're just using great filters. But they're, they're doing their, uh, you know, shaping their crystals and putting them into the jewelry and then making wands. And they, they put all this stuff on Instagram to direct people to their Etsy stores. Mm-hmm. So with you already having the brick-and-mortar store, do you have to... Uh, do you see a need for, for doing stuff like that? Like on I use Facebook. So just Anytime we get something new in. Okay. You know, I blast it on Facebook. But as far as Etsy and all that kind of stuff, I would need another person to just do that. Right. And right now the economy's better right. than it was under Bush. Um, it's, it's definitely improved a lot since 2000. But... Um, at this point, I, I wouldn't want a webmaster to do that. Okay. A, because I'm a little bit of a control freak of what I like to see right. on my website. So, because it's more personal than okay. some canned template. You know, our shopping cart's been down for three years. I've been trying to find a template. And I won't put one up because I like it. I mean, because I don't like it. So, I'm, we don't do it. I sell tons of stuff over Facebook. Okay. Across the country. Well, no, Facebook has, doesn't it have a payment thing built into it? Mm-hmm. Because I haven't tried it yet, no, but I, I heard it. that it existed. I won't use it. Okay. Because, I mean, I imagine you're giving up, you know, nothing's free. You know? Right. I imagine every transaction means that your privacy is out the door. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, so I post the pictures, people contact and, me. And then, and then just do it through, out. like, PayPal yeah. or something? Okay, so now that 
Facebook has mm -hmm. changed its algorithms and people hardly see what they're expected to see. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any problems getting people to show up for classes? Or? No. Okay. I'm in rewrite, by the way, for my classes. I'm redoing all of them. All of them? I was going to ask you because... Um, I got bored. 22 years of teaching? Yeah. I'm bored. Okay. Because I was going to ask you if you were going to ever take that giant binder... And publish it? And publish it yeah. into something in like a, you know... Like That's why I'm rewriting. ...marketable format yeah. or even electronic. Mm -hmm. Well, six years we had the uh, online virtual reality in Second Life. Right. That we utilized for teaching. Okay, so are you not doing that anymore? No, I'm not doing that now. Okay. No, I'll be doing it again. Down the road. What's more important right now is church status. Getting that, you know, that position or that status or that. The tax exempt? Well, it's not about tax exempt. It's about the validation of what we do as a state. Okay. Um... And that, I imagine, varies state to state. Mm -hmm. So when you were teaching in Second Life, um, how easy or difficult was that for students to come to understand? Very easy, because it was books, digital books. Okay. I would sit there with my headset on and teach the class to the avatars, as well as to the students in the store who were in Second Life in avatars. Okay. And they had the book. So you had like a little band party. Yeah, basically. But I had remote people as well. Right. Yeah. Which helps because obviously uh, shops are closing or it's just harder to yeah. find who you're looking for mm -hmm. as a teacher. Exactly. Um, okay, so that's on hiatus for now. And is it because you're rewriting the material that mm -hmm. you're taking a break? Okay. Mm -hmm. Seven ninety-five. So, with the completely different way that people can use digital materials these days, mm -hmm. like including links or having animated images or just taking you to a different part mm -hmm. of something quickly. Do you think that the physical books are dying at all? No. Okay. There are book people. Yeah. Then there are, um, what are those? The Kindles? Kindle people. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like a book in your hands. Right. Nothing like it. I'm a book person. Well, it's... I. I used to always hand write everything, and then I started mm -hmm. typing everything, but I'm a terrible typist, mm -hmm. so it takes me just as long. But I like to have something <laughs> that's way more legible and that I can organize, mm -hmm. and I can't do that as much with my handwritten stuff. Right. But, um... I tried dragging. Yeah, speed. did it work? No. It was supposed to get to learn your voice as you went along or something. No. It didn't, and I'm a horrible speller. 
so an edit is just as horrible as if I wrote it. Oh, um, oh so with the people who contact you through Facebook, are any of those for uh, different divination readings or the star readings or anything? Is We've it? had contact that way. Okay. Um, so do you ever do something like Skype for a reading? I don't. Okay. I know, I find it distracting. Okay. You know, phone readings, yes. In-person readings, yes. But I generally find it, you know, distracting. Okay. Do the process of, you know, psychic intuition. You know, that kind of thing. School of Wicca, I think it's called. It's so interesting that recently I was seeing um, regular newspapers talking about Doreen Caliente, mm -hmm. and I had no idea that she was part of the <coughs> Fletchley oh, yeah. code. I was just like, why do you know, why are you people talking about her? What is going on? And, and I was like, oh, wait, you guys, I didn't know that. Yeah. But did you know this part? It's <laughs> cool stuff. Yeah, so I guess they opened a museum yeah. for her. Uh, Which is cool. For her heritage. Yeah. Um, oh, so then the last thing that I... I oh, M. Frost, not Gavin. Gavin Bowen. Well, I noticed that Penny had taken over, basically. Um, yeah. More, so. It needed to happen. Yeah. I've spoken to Penny several times. Okay. On how everything is up there. So we got with Lori after the close uh, cat grow the crown. How's her health? She's okay. Well, but she's pretty old now. Yeah. She's well into her 70s. Mm -hmm. She was in her 60s when she was here. Right. Yeah, we need to get classes. Um, so since this is obviously one of the, like I said, pride-friendly stores, and the religions usually are, and I'm sure that there are some that are not, um, has, has there been any change with gender representation, like in, in the words that we use, or in calling like God and goddess, which are really that would be male, personal. female? That would be personal. It's okay. So it's, I mean, there's like, of course, you've got the Dianic traditions for the feminists and right. lesbian. Then you have uh, Minoan Brotherhood for the gay male practice. But that's also becoming diversified. Is it? Yeah. Okay. There's more of a general gender neutral position, you know, where um, just because you may be using Hecate does not mean that a man can't feel the same pain. You know? Okay. So, so we have evolved 
males have evolved to, you know, have a sense of self more um, akin to a dual person as opposed to a singular person. You get my drift. Men, not supposed to cry. Men, right. not supposed to, you know, this. So men, men don't need their male gods exclusively. Right. right. And, um, well, I I was interviewing a filmmaker, and he, we were talking about Yoruba, and I asked him things about, you know, how is it offensive that stuff is so easily confused mm-hmm. between they just look at everything and call it voodoo, right? <laughs> you know, and. Um, which happened yesterday. There's a company that makes socks mm-hmm. and took an actual, like, summoning beads for a, uh, for one of their spirits mm-hmm. and put it on men's socks, and it was a female spirit anyway. And so you're supposed to have pretty feet. So yeah. So it's like, what what are you doing? Do you yeah, know? So they took it. They took down the Instagram because they're getting so many comments. But it was still available online on their, on their store. So it just seems like there's this, well, we're in New Orleans, we're going to do something voodoo. Right. And be... Well, know, in fact, that's not even correct. You shouldn't be doing voodoo. Just be hip and... It's a part of, it's a part of the culture, but the magic indigenous to New Orleans is voodoo. You know, which is Afrocentric, based in Yoruba, mixed with, you know, the... Creole influence, and um, you have the only indigenous magic that was created here, as opposed to American Indian right. you know, ceremonies, um, where it's it's actually indigenous to the United States. It's created here, right, in okay. a modern time. Black yeah. folk magic and oh yeah. Um, so you get the influences of voodoo and Santeria and Paolo and all that kind of yeah. stuff, but it's it's. Uh, it's its own thing, you know, it's root working. Yeah. It's literal peasant magic. That's what it is. You know? mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be used mm-hmm. in a commercial sense if you don't know what you're doing. Right. So that was this uh, this filmmaker that I was talking to. He's, you know, I said, how offensive is it for these things to be so confused? And, you know, he boiled it down to the way that I think I hear most people boil it down is spirit is spirit. Right. And, you know... Are you going to put Jesus on your feet? It's going to... Yeah, I know. Really? There probably are Jesus socks. I mean, there's Jesus fish on cars. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's, he's everywhere, right? So... Um, and don't forget, smoking hot Jesus. That oh, looks like Kevin hot, Bacon. Hot Jesus? Is, where is, on the Catholic Church. Oh. Yeah, well, there's Ewan McGregor Jesus, too. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to see that one. Je- Jedi Jesus. <laughs> too funny. Um, so, yeah, I was, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like as, as pagans, we're just so trendy that people don't think that we have the right to be offended the way, like, Native Americans get offended by things like people, white people wearing headdresses at concerts and, um, you know, Um, white girls with cornrows and... I don't, I mean, it's just... If you're going to be that PC, then you might as well just not do what you're doing. Lock you're, yourself in a house and never win. watch TV. You know, because yeah. human nature is that we push things. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's what human nature is. We wouldn't be here 22 years if I didn't push it. You know, if I didn't push my ideas and I didn't push my concepts. As a former student, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. You know, um, we coined the phrase Wicca 101 right. 22 years ago. Now everybody does a Wicca 101 class. Right. You know, but they don't do mine. Yeah, they do some facsimile thereof. Um, and a lot of times it's buckus, you know, and people get ripped off. Well, that's why I'm I'm pretty astonished at the like twenty somethings that consider themselves experts and are oh, teaching. Oh, because it's the internet. Yeah, they're teaching and they're writing articles and they're running their own online magazines and I'm like, what do you know? Nothing. <laughs> and I feel like such an old fart, but yeah. I'm really like, what do you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not even, a child running Teen Vogue, okay? Even There's a <laughs> Jason Miller. At, at 13 or 16 years old, he used to come here as a yeah. kid. And now he's a published teacher yeah. of the craft. And that's how he makes his living. Right. You know, he'll tell you in class, no matter what, and if you ask him, you know, where's your go-to place? He'll say us. Mm-hmm. Or Lucky Mojo, who we used to wholesale for, you know, in New Orleans. We used to supply them with things. So, I mean... It's just a matter of, you know, you gotta, you can't take everything that you see as something that is good, you know, as far as bathing socks go, or something that would, you know, say this is it, because it isn't it. It's only it when you make it. Mm -hmm. It's only it if you do the work. So, I mean... My life has been nothing but reading, reading books, hard books, old English books, you know, try to read Agrippa and make sense out of it. It's almost impossible. Mm-mm. So it's a lot of time processing, going in, what the hell's that word? Yeah, I couldn't read Chaucer. I, there's you no, know, yeah, no. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a matter of, of doing the work and that's the whole process of it. You know, I could say if a businessman wants a pair of Chongo socks and he's going to sell something to the company board of directors and want to be seen as someone with power and authority in the position, if they are a practitioner, they could charge those socks and make those socks work for them. But Joe Schmo on the street, knowing what Chongo is by looking him up online and just wearing them, it's just a pair of socks. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no power to it. So. so it's just basically like a cartoon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you better know what the Vey Vey is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't. You they know. didn't even name it. Yeah. They just called it Voodoo Socks. Yeah, no. <laughs> Posed on a white male model. <laughs> yeah, that works. Um, and also, on that same note, I have a problem with the term eclectic. Oh, okay. Explain that. To be eclectic is to have an interior of your home with some Art Nouveau thing, with some, you know, Renaissance thing, with some modern thing. Modern Danish and Queen Anne table. Right, okay, (laughs) that's eclectic. But culturally, for instance, are you really going to work Roman deities with Egyptian deities? Because... They fought they wars. Fought wars. <laughs> so why would you do that culturally? Those deities from Egypt are not going to want to work with 
the other ones. They may work with Scottish, because that's Scotta. That was that was the daughter of a pharaoh, propositioned in marriage to Scotland. That's where Scotland came from. That's <laughs> what the name is, Scotta. It was named after the wife. So I mean, that would work, but yet again, you're really going to take this culture and this culture and fuse them together? Not really. You're not going to do it. So that's why we've always focused on cloistering tradition. You know, we're, we coined the phrase multi-pantheonistic because that's what we are. You know, we did 26 or 28 months worth of Egyptian, you know, practice. You know, then we went to Greek practice and we did that for another 22 months. And we did Roman for a wheel and a half, you know, because it's, it's important to know, yes, the deities are very similar culturally um, and personality-wise, they're very similar, but their stories are different. And the cultures themselves did not get along, you know, so why would you pit those people together? Why would you put those deities in the same ritual? And the only way that you could do that is if you get your patrons of the pantheon that you're working with, erect the temple that way, and then when you're doing the inner workings, you would then, in that inner sanctum of ether, you would manifest the other deities that you needed to work with. But these guys are here to keep control of these guys. You know, I don't know how to illustrate that all. <laughs> the outer circle right. and then the inner circle. Right. So these guys are in control, but these guys are doing the work. That's the only way I could do it. I wouldn't do it any other way. Okay, so there's... Um, I would never call uh, Maka to a ritual that I may have Kali in. Okay, so there... And then throw in Isis just for good measure. Okay, so using multiple pantheons, you're saying, is a different definition than eclectic. Like, eclectic is more chaotic and maybe not thought through? It's not culturally thought through, usually, in okay. the most part. You, you, because people aren't willing to do that. They aren't willing to work the research and go through the mythology and go through the history of the culture mm -hmm. to figure out, well, you know, the Egyptians really attacked is X, the, Y, and Z. If they had or the Romans it, killed off X amount of people from the Finian group of individuals, you know. But if they have to do it for the sake of assimilation, like uh, syncretizing with the Catholics mm -hmm. in order to not lose all of their practice, mm -hmm. how is that defined then when it's this fusion of... Either. Well, within the Voodoo, Voodoo, Voodon, Paolo community, yeah. they had to do it. They, they were forced they were to for do it. Right. They could not call on their ancestors. They had to utilize this culture that they were forced to be in mm -hmm. in order to work it. So at what point does, uh, whether, I mean, it was geographic at that point because the world felt small, felt bigger, but... Um, at what point does somebody get to come along and say, well, I'm declaring a new religion? And if it's a science fiction writer who makes Scientology, um, you know, and they have a church and they have all the credentials, at what point 
can someone else with real authenticity say, well, I'm, this is my religion and I'm defining it and here's my mission statement. Mm -hmm. How, like, I imagine this process, as you said, is pretty long in yeah, the is. state of Pennsylvania. So. And it's costly. Oh. Because you need. It starts to, at $900. Oh. And I imagine there's, like, legal work. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Articles of incorporation, fictitious name, you know, then the charity papers that have to go in, then you have to wait for the government, then you have to wait for this, then you have to wait for that, and it continues and continues and continues. Okay. Is there, do you think that there's any particular milestone that makes a group of people ready for that step? I mean, like, could some only random thing, coven of, The you know, only thing that I would say to do it correctly mm -hmm. would be time longevity in the in the system that you're practicing longevity in you know the history of the integrity of what you're selling you know having things to be valid that kind of stuff you know in comparison you can go to the church of marijuana or whatever it's called you know <laughs> that hippie thing and you know create that as a religion but that's you know, to me, is kind of ludicrous, you know. But uh, as far as us, you know, our personal desire to do it is to actually give a little more validity to the community at hand here. Okay. And as for running the business, does the business need that, or is that just something that... Oh, the business doesn't need it. doesn't need it for any I don't need it. Um, I mean, we're already a corporation. This couple times is a corporation. So. Hello. Hi. How are you? Long time I know. So, with other shops that have been in this town mm -hmm. that I've seen come and go, mm -hmm. seems like certain ones were going to last a while and they didn't. You know, what is it that Mystical Crimes succeeds at that the others just haven't done? I mean, is it the town? I mean, I know the town can be hard. The like only thing, floods and fires. The and only thing that you can possibly say as an answer to that question that would be intrinsic to me, it would be the validity of knowledge. Okay. Um, I can't speak for another business. Right. I've seen what they've sold, and some of the things are similar, some of the things aren't. Um, but I, it's the integrity of it. You know, we stand by what we do. We have very, very strong emotional uh, connections to what we do. Um, so I am not in any way, shape, or form going to negotiate my integrity. I'm not going to do something against, you know, the read or... or love under the law, blah, 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 to quote Crowley, um, and if harm none, to quote Crowley, that pagans actually adopted. You know, a lot of them have. But uh, I'm not going to negotiate that. I'm not. It, I want to know what's going on. I want to know the backstory before I do something for you. And that's the only thing I'm going to do. Yeah. And it's it's... Yes, New Hope is a tourist town, but yes, we are a retail store, so we also feel the punch of the economy. Right. You know, under Bush, we lost twenty percent per year. 
Under Obama, we gained 20% per year. Under Clinton, we gained 20% per year. Under Bush, we lost 20% per year. But under Trump, you're really going to... Really They're going to open up a casino really in the back room instead yeah, of tarot readings? That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Lithium. Lithium quartz is right up top, next to the ferry, in front of her, in the wire basket. So, are you using any particular software then to rewrite the manual? No. You're just doing I'm Word? I'm just doing it. Okay. What I know. Okay. You know if you're doing something fancy? No. I have no time for that. <laughs> I'm not going to buy another program when I've already got a program. You know, it's ridiculous. Well, at least with Word, you can, um, you know, put images in. Exactly. Because um, that's what, I, what I'm doing is I'm using Scrivener because it's really easy for me to move stuff and rearrange mm -hmm. stuff and, um, and outline that way. But then it's got to export into Word mm -hmm. and then do images in there. Right. And then PDFs and upload. And yeah, it's yeah, pain like in the ass. One thing's, you know... Oh, look, another $40. Oh, look, another $80. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm not doing that. So that was our conversation in 2016 in New Hope, Pennsylvania, right on location in Mystical Times, which is Eric and Ed Kimball's shop. And I certainly hope things uh, continue to be successful for the shop because it's been a very difficult time for all businesses, but mainly small businesses, let's be realistic. And um, they need all of the support they can get right now. So if you happen to shop locally or if you want to mail order any witchcraft supplies, go give Ed uh, a call or an email and perhaps things will work out for you that way so thank you so much for listening and uh, again you can um, find me at amberunmasked.com you can find me on instagram at amberunmasked and on twitter at elizabeth amber mm -hmm.